Good Tuesday morning. Time now for a community health update as we check in with the Milford COVID Volunteer Task Force. Just past 9 o'clock, sun breaking through. Milford Mayor Sean Strube, Infectious Disease Specialist Dr. Doug Mannion. Good morning, gentlemen. Good speaking to you again. Hey, good morning, George. Morning, George. Good morning. So uh, it's been uh, several days since we last talked, last Thursday to be exact. And so here we sit on this 7th of July. Uh, we've been a little uh, concerned about numbers going up across the country and uh, maybe how that's going to maybe move into our area. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, Sean, you're going to tell us about something you have coming up uh, in Milford uh, real soon, uh, coming up on yeah. Saturday evening. Sure. We've got a drive-in Irish music concert. It'll be first come, first served, limited to the number of cars that can fit in the parking lot at the Milford Wellness Center on uh, Catherine Street in Milford. Uh, Kindred Spirits Arts Program, uh, you know, puts on these fantastic, uh, uh, you know, cultural events. And so this is a new format as a drive-in uh, concert. So we're looking forward to that on Saturday evening. And what is the time on that, Sean? Uh, 7.30. 7.30. Check the, the Kindred Spirits uh, Facebook page or website. Uh, and I think uh, we'll probably also have it posted in the Milford uh, Community Spirit Activities Facebook page as well. So we had an, another weekend of uh, folks doing some indoor dining, uh, continuing uh, to doing uh, some takeout and some outdoor dining as well. And our businesses, many of them are open. Uh, but we still want to make sure that folks uh, are following the guidelines, Sean. Yeah, and actually most of the restaurants are now uh, open to one extent or another. Almost all of them are. Uh, and, you know, I think what we're starting to see is that a little bit of normalizing of the mask wear. We noticed at the Hotel Faucher this weekend that, you know, more and more people are coming to the business, to the restaurant. They have their masks. They're expecting that others are wearing masks and we're not having to remind people or provide masks as often. So that's reassuring. You know, I think people are really becoming conscious of if we want to keep our businesses open, if we want to avoid another lockdown, how important it is that we are diligent right now. Of course, we're seeing what's happening elsewhere in the country. So we have a lot to be proud of locally that we've done a pretty good job. And uh, being proud locally, Dr. Doug Mannion, uh, we're, I guess, uh, holding the line uh, as far as new cases. Uh, looking good over the last four days? Yeah, really good, actually. So I always kind of wait with bated breath when I see the results on Monday, especially after a long weekend, because the state doesn't update the new case numbers other than at 1 o'clock on, on uh, work days. And Friday wasn't a work day for the state. But the really news is across the four Pocono counties, only seven new cases. Five of them were in Monroe County, one each for Carbon and for Pike, none in Wayne, which is really, really good for a four-day period. Not a lot of testing during that period, but still, I'm going to take the win. Um, and, and I think on the, on the mass front, people are seeing that in states that seem to be way more reticent to take on you know, mass and other elements of the restrictions that are necessary to hold this thing down. So, for instance, Texas has made a major swing from not really pushing for masks to really pushing hard, really pushing hard on everybody on everybody using masks. And so that's the type of thing that's going to help to normalize this as well when there's less kind of pushback against it. So you know, going in stores, going in restaurants, I, I'm seeing almost uniform use of masks. And there's a few outliers still, but their neighbors are trying to nicely helping them to, to do the right thing. Uh, we noticed, uh, you know, uh, last week we were talking about outdoor activities, uh, swimming in the pools, uh, getting outside, uh, maintaining your distance, uh, wiping down the surfaces, of course, uh, wearing your mask is uh, where you should wear it. 
Uh, now we're getting a little closer uh, to thinking about the start of the school year. That's not too far away. End of next month. Uh, how are we going to pull this off in uh, various area school districts, Doug? Yeah, and as you know, this has been a this has been like a drumbeat. I've been kind of following the. It, it's super important, and I knew it was going to be really important for our kids. I'm a father of a of a daughter, and I appreciate how important you know schooling is both socially as well as you know for, for people's kind of you know brain development. The American Academy of Pediatrics just this week came out with a a very very thoughtful um, uh, document regarding this, and they have come down really really hard on the side of we, we have to get our kids back in school and make school as normal as humanly as possible, especially for the young ones. And the young ones are the ones who are going to have the most trouble adapting to this telelearning. So learning through Zoom or learning through computer screens. I mean, when I was, had a, when, you know, when my daughter was under 10, I, I wouldn't want her looking at a TV screen or a computer screen ever. And the idea of me trying to motivate a child to do that six or seven hours a day to learn, it just it just is wrong. So they've come down really hard that we have to find a way, and they provided a roadmap, which I think is very sane. Uh, the CDC was to have put out guidance yesterday. I haven't looked to see if it's come out yet, uh, but we'll see what they have to say. And these types of guidance documents will then be used by, by state governments, uh, local governments, and most importantly, school boards to figure out how to do this. Uh, but but there is a way. I mean, we have to find a way. We will find a way. By far, the most important thing that we as adults can do to help our children get back to school is to make sure that at the time schools reopen, there is as little virus uh, uh, circulating in our communities as possible. So uh, if if, for, if you're not going to do it for your for yourself, do it for our kids. Let's get the transmission rate down to as close to zero as possible. And then the likelihood of an outbreak in schools is, is really slight. Kids will probably not have really bad consequences, by the way, if they do get sick. But they could get sick, but they could also infect mom and dad or, you know, a sick uncle or grandparents. And that's really going to be the concern is they, these kids uh, will be returning, obviously, every night to their families. And we don't want the kids to be a vector for a further outbreak to people with, you know, two people. That, that will be really adversely affected. There's going to be some major, major developments over the next several weeks as far as we... Uh move along through the summer and head toward the school year. So uh, a lot of information is going to be coming forthcoming, uh, coming out, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how each school district uh, individually handles all this and have parents and grandparents as well. It's uh, a lot of work to do all this at home for sure. It's, it was pretty tough back in the spring, uh, keeping the attention of the kids at home, no matter what age yeah. they are, you know. Agree. And another important feature, and we'll see where the CDC comes down, but the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics, Included amongst their kind of, uh, of pillars uh, in the guidance document is that teachers and meaning the teachers or parents should have the ability to not go into the school if they prefer to learn remotely. Okay. So for kids, I mean that's you know that's it means every classroom is going to have to both have remote and in-class capability. So it's um, uh, it's amazing how quickly schools actually put together tele tele learning uh, curricula in the April, May timeframe, I know my kid was going to high school, and within two weeks, they literally were able to convert from in-class teaching to, to Zoom-based teaching. Uh, it'll be even better in the fall, but they'll have to have the capability, and, and there may be a lot of teachers who, who don't want to go in because they fear getting sick, so we'll see how that's going to work out. Absolutely, right? the, and it's not that far away. It's uh, July 7th, and a lot of the schools start toward the end of August. All right, Sean Milford, COVID Volunteer Task Force. Folks need some information, want to know how to be part of it, what do they do? Sure, uh, protectpike at gmail.com. 
Yesterday evening, we had a 90-minute uh, session with Dr. Manning giving an update on the pandemic overall, including a lot of data on things locally. So we recorded that. So if anyone wanted uh, to uh, you know, view that Zoom session or listen to it, they can email us at protectpike at gmail.com and we'll send them a link. We'll also post the link on the Milford uh, COVID Volunteer Task Force Facebook page uh, as well. Uh, MilfordToGo.com with information on the restaurants. And we'll look forward to seeing people at the Irish Music Concert by Kindred Spirits uh, this coming Saturday, July 11th at 7.30 p.m. at the Milford Wellness Center parking lot. Sounds like a plan. And we'll talk real soon. Milford Mayor Sean Strube, Infectious Disease Specialist Dr. Doug Mannion, thank you for joining us with our community health update on this Tuesday morning. Thank you, guys. Always our pleasure, George. Thank you, George.